0: Just a
1: double again. I want to see a triple doink. It might happen. Doink. Double doink. Double doink. Double doink. Triple doink. Quadruple doink. 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 Double doink right there. Doink. Doink. A double doink. Double doinker.
2: Double doinks and sackles. Teaching you how to football. Can you teach me how to football? I really hope so by this point. All right, we are back after a crazy week eight, a crazy trade deadline that just happened in the NFL. One of the wildest trade deadlines that I can ever remember watching
3: football. Probably ever.
2: I mean, there was so much movement going on. We're going to get into that uh, first. Uh, We're going to go over our uh, recap of last week. Uh, By the way, my name's Fernando. I'm Travis. I'm Chris, joining again.
0: Chris is back here. Also Jimmy G, the stat boy. Jimmy
2: G, the stat boy, sitting at the round table. All right, so uh, it was a... Crazy week. One of the craziest games. I kind of want to jump into it right away since, you know, we got Chris back here for another week. Uh, That Panthers-Falcons game, it seemed like, I mean, the winner was going to be in first place in the division. It seemed like nobody wanted to be in first place in the
1: division because they were
2: (laughs) doing everything they could to lose. Eventually, the Falcons kicked the field goal. Koo was good from, I think, 40-something maybe. I don't know. Uh, But they won 37-34. Crazy Hail Mary at the end to DJ Moore. Uh, But they could not make the extra point. And then a chip shot field goal in overtime was also missed. Chris, any thoughts? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah this is Just a simple fact that uh, we were playing for first place in our division Is a sad thing to say to begin with uh, But yeah, obviously you can tell we didn't want to win the, su- or the football game Definitely not the Super Bowl Definitely not the Super Bowl <laughs> Just because our kicker decided that uh, he wasn't going to miss it once But he was going to miss it twice for the win And then uh, you have the DJ Moore call Which again, I think is a horrible call He was obviously off the field, no longer in the end zone I agree.
2: Uh something similar happened to a Vikings Packers game when Stefan Diggs did that. He had like a seventy five yard touchdown. I think it made it it would have made it a seven point game had we kicked the extra point. He took his helmet off, he got the fifteen yards and it went on the extra point and we missed that extra point.
3: I mean the whole thing with the the taking your helmet off on the field is actually supposed to be player safety by this point. If the play is over and someone celebrates with their helmet off, uh, could it be taunting? I mean sure, that, that could be the call by that point. On conduct, it's BS by that. Uh, especially if you're off the field, if you're off the complete. He was off out of the goal line by that point. Um, the biggest thing that kind of comes down to me, though, is kind of talking about how the Panthers didn't want to win this game. The Bucks lose to uh, the Ravens on Thursday Night Football. It was a decent game. It wasn't, like, great. I mean, you know, Mark Andrews goes out. A lot of players go down. Gus Edwards goes out, too. Uh, the Ravens still find a way to actually hold on, which is something they've been struggling with all season. With the field goal by that point, with a 15-yard like you know penalty brings it back, um, he misses the field goal. He ends up missing a much closer field goal in overtime. By that um, point, it was like a 31-yarder. Yeah. I think the first one was uh, what
2: 46, 48, 48, yeah, 48
1: with the 48 fifth because it's 33 goal.
2: yards regular field goal or extra point. And then 48 with the 15-yard yeah. penalty. And, and, so, I, and I get that.
3: It. I mean, like, like, a, like almost a 50-yard field goal, those those aren't automatic for every single kicker. I think that right. we've got it in our minds now that kickers just make these things like a normal basis. It's still hard to do. The 31-yarder in overtime it just boggles my mind. The, the Panthers did everything they had to do. They got the ball back. They drove down the field. They kicked the field goal. They missed the field goal. They deserved to lose that yeah. game by that point.
1: They had a 50 50- what was fifty-two yard return off the punt to like get them in pretty? Yeah, good it was amazing. Yeah, of yeah, was, yeah. yeah they, like he was he was there. They was had to do almost nothing. Field, the they field had to goal range. They
3: had to do nothing. Uh, their offense did barely anything just to get them in range because they were already there by that point.
1: I think it's I think it's nerves. I really think it was nerves. Uh, he he was probably in his head, assuming he should have made that forty-six yarder. He steps up, and that goal post probably just shrunk to him. Yeah, but you know,
3: but Koo comes out. He he's able. He's he's dialed in at forty-one by that point. I mean, Koo also put on a lot of weight. I don't want to like what <laughs> people looking like no that dude looked like he went to Waffle House I like no, Waffle house. He, he looked. I mean, he's enjoying that Atlanta. Like you know, you uh, don't have to be in uh,
0: good shape good to be like. a
3: kicker. You just need to be able to kick the
0: Some ball. Sebastian Janikowski. You don't even. Need to yeah. Oh yeah,
1: but that's young Hoku. Man, can you even tell tell me our kicker's name? Piniro, uh, Piniro, well done, no. yeah. Just, also, uh, I also looked up whether he lost
0: his job or not. He did not. He, he did not. Him. He did not.
1: Yeah. I was he he is, not. is no young hokage.
2: I was unable to wake up at six thirty or even ten a.m. for the uh, London game. Uh, had a One
1: dollar bet. What time uh,
0: you get
2: there? What uh, a. <laughs> What happened, uh, what happened in London there, Travis? I didn't get to watch much of that uh, so game. So Chris
3: and I were there, Brian and early, shotgun the course Lights like we always do the uh, 6 a.m. games by this point. Uh, the Jaguars had this game, man. Uh, they had it locked down. Trevor Lawrence uh, made a made a critical mistake by throwing the interception on the goal line uh, when they could have gone up. It was a terrible, terrible throw. He should have thrown it into the stands by that point. Uh, and then they still, the Jaguars still made it back at the end of the game with very little time left. And the very first play, he just he threw another cut route by that point and got intercepted again. Uh, the Jaguars just cannot figure out how to get together. They gave this game away. People say, well, Russ was cooking in the second half. Chris, you and I both watched that game. Russ was not cooking in the second he, half.
1: He was not cooking at all. I don't know what they're talking about. But I got to say, your defense did failure a little bit when they were on the two. You let him drive down for like 98 yards. So that was, that was tough to watch. But uh, that interception kind of broke my heart for you. It was
3: tough. It was really tough, man. I mean, we're going to keep on going. I, I still think this is Trevor Lawrence's rookie year. We've already talked about this season uh, with your admirer year last year. The the, the Broncos uh, man, they escaped with one this time. Uh, I want to jump into another one. Uh, the Vikings now uh, six and one. Oh, Fernando it feels so good. Uh, how are you feeling about this game?
2: I am. Well, I'm feeling good about the six and one record. The Vikings, they, they, they play to make the game interesting, it seems, every time. There's no blowouts. There's no, like, there, we're on a five-game winning streak. All five games have been decided by one score. And uh, it's a little nerve-wracking at times because, you know, you'd like, I want to see some more kneel-downs with two minutes to go and not, uh, you know, our defense out there. I mean, our defense has been struggling this year, but they've been making plays in the fourth quarter. Uh, with interceptions, getting some late sacks that we sacked Murray to end the game. Um, I just—they keep finding ways to win. Like we're almost the opposite of Jacksonville, where we find ways to win, uh, but we
3: let the other team stick around. So every it's, single one of six losses by the Jacksonville Jaguars have been by one score. This yeah, season. That's a shame. I believe uh,
2: Jacksonville is still in the plus as far as scoring. Like they, we, we are. You we are. are two and six, but you're like plus nineteen. In uh, the point in points for and against, and that because you had the one, you had two blowout wins, and then six one score games. I mean, it's a shame. Uh, but yeah, like Vikings. I don't know. I've been low on the Cardinals. They've played a little better than I thought, but their three and five record kind of reflects
1: how I thought they would be this year. I, I think uh, Arizona hasn't beat uh, Minnesota in Minnesota since 1977.
2: It's that sounds about right. Yeah. I think. Uh, so
1: this is their tenth loss straight. In Minnesota, so can you say you own them in Minnesota?
2: I guess I, I guess we can. I mean, if they can't win there for forty years, uh, we possibly own them. It's kind of like uh, it's fifty years now, but fifty. You know, math can be
1: hard sometimes. Idiot. Yeah, and I think Jefferson was two yards off from having four consecutive consecutive hundred yard games. Uh, He's looking good. Uh, he he's coming really in with good. the stats on this one. Yeah. Right? he's, he's taking my job here. What
3: the hell? Is uh, so, so the other game I want to touch on real fast was actually the Patriots versus uh, your New York, uh, my J- New York Jets. Jets. <laughs> Jets. Jets, Jets, Jets. I mean, you've been big on the Jets, man. I, I they're I, winning. I mean, just what do you what do you, what do you expect? I, I've been consistently saying I don't think the Jets are as good as what their record has been showing them. I, I think the same thing about the Giants and the both teams this week actually showed that. They're not as good as what we think they are by mm-hmm. this point. I mean, the Patriots came in there. I think the Patriots are getting back to Patriots football. Uh, strong defense, great running game by this point, and a quarterback that just has to do just enough to keep them and not lose that game. Bill Belichick has this. I mean, there's there's reasons why coaches like this. Bill Belichick is, I think, second on the list right now for the most wins uh, of a coach outside of Don Shula. Correct, uh, he just passed uh, George Hallis. So it's it's incredible to watch the Patriots, who everyone wrote off this year with Matt Jones and uh, Billy Zappi or Zap Bill or whatever we want to Billy call him at this point. Um, coming in, <laughs> Bill Belichick owns the New York Jets. 100%, just uh, like Aaron Rodgers owns the uh, Chicago Bears. Well, that's easy to do these
2: days anyway.
1: That's, I don't I don't know. This one's tough for me because I think it comes down to the quarterback. I mean, Wilson had, like, three interceptions. It's tough to win a game when you're throwing the ball to the other team. And if you saw those
2: interceptions, they were, like, he was running away. Like, he was kind of under duress, but he, they were terrible throws. I mean, it was the receiver, him and the receiver not on the same page? But when he threw it, it's like, all I saw was a Patriot there ready to pick him off. Like... Milf Hunter is not looking good. He's not good. I mean,
3: I, well, and I, I think you, you get the sophomore slump with any rookie quarterback, right? I That's it, a thing that's a common phrase that happens in the NFL right now. Uh, what sophomore quarterbacks right now in the NFL, if we can name one, and this is just off the top of my head, what sophomore quarterbacks right now are having a great season?
2: Um, Justin Fields, sort of?
3: I mean, he's been better the last couple
2: games. Yeah. I mean the bar is really low in that one. Yeah, way, so. uh, Mac Jones so Mac looked Jones, terrible. Yeah. Uh, who, who's the other Trevor one? Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked great. Lawrence uh, Wilson hasn't looked we great. Said Wilson uh,
3: Davis Mills has not looked great. Well, he didn't look great ever. Trey Lance uh, is on the IR. Trey Lance <laughs> doesn't play anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, secondary quarterbacks by this point, like they're they're not. They're having their sophomore slumps. I mean, yeah. this is what's happening. I can think,
2: think of one quarterback who did better his second year just because his rookie year was so terrible, and that was Peyton Manning. But that was back in 1998. So I mean, it was, was a terrible rookie He had a year. terrible – I think he broke the interceptions record, which was later broken by Jameis Winston. Uh, but, yeah, Peyton Manning is the only quarterback that came to mind who had a better second season
1: uh, statistically than uh, like what we're seeing here with uh, the sophomore slumps. But I think if you take away the interceptions he still almost had 400 yards with 2 TDs. Yeah, but They're also of also playing fro- catch up for most of the yeah, game yeah, too. Yeah, sometimes I mean. when you
2: get 400 yards as a quarterback it's because you're coming from behind and you need to because he chuck it up all the time. Yeah,
1: but, you know, like I'm saying, take away those three bad plays he still had probably a pretty I mean, solid game. The
3: The problem with, with the Jets that I see right now is, like, the running game, right? Brees Hall was absolutely just murdering it mm-hmm. on the field. Uh, he unfortunately went down with the, the ACL injury, so he's out for the rest of the season. Uh, Michael Carter stepped in. James Robinson, the, the newly acquired back, I think only played maybe, like, 16 snaps uh, as he's learning the new offense. He's no Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Christian McCaffrey came off the field, uh, came off the plane, from uh, Carolina by that point, and like had like the, the playbook in his hand, had ready to go. They played him for, I think it was like 30% of the snaps in that first game that it he was, played. He just, and I mean, God help him what happened this last game. Uh, he had three touchdowns. One of the only quarterbacks. First, first running back since 2005 with Damian
2: Tomlinson to throw a touchdown, catch a touchdown... And rush for a touchdown, and only the third running back ever, or third player ever, to do that. And Walter Payton was the first, LT
3: second, and Christian McCaffrey the third. It's always funny to say that because LT game like focuses his game around Walter Payton, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I mean it's it was an incredible performance by uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, who continued to help the Niners dominate the Rams. Man,
1: <laughs> you guys are just twisting the knife now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, like
3: it's 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 hard, man. I mean, like like the 49ers, This is, what ten in a row now in the regular like season, you you like sure. yeah, something like that. Ten in yeah. a row now against the Rams. The Rams looked terrible. Oh, they could not figure out first, their head from their ass. weren't before. they up fourteen to
2: seven at one time? Yeah. They <laughs> Final were. score thirty one fourteen. They just. I wanted to throw out a quick stat. Uh, I don't really want to get into this game, uh, but Henry, are you taking my job now, King Henry? Just a quick one. I saw it on Sunday, so I just it's stuck in my head. Uh, King Henry against the Texans. Fourth straight game with 200 yards against the Texans. Yeah,
3: King Henry owns the that Texans. I mean, the Texans aren't a great team, but King Henry is also a monster.
2: 200 yards, players. like... I, the most 200-yard games in a career is six by uh, the Juice, OJ. And King Henry just has done it in four straight games against
1: the Texans. I know he's got two
3: against the Jags by this
1: point. Maybe he's there. He might be there. We should actually look that up real fast. Can you say, "Houston rolls out the red carpet for
3: oh, King Henry"? Oh, I mean, Queen Elizabeth dies. Is it now King Henry's time?
2: I feel like we should maybe talk about uh, the Heineken fever.
3: Uh, that was a nice comeback, Heineken fever, uh, man. Heineke
2: fever. Heineken, is that what his name is? Old
3: Dominion University's own Tyler, Taylor Heineke. Oh, it's Co- Taylor. Ta- coming it's Taylor. in, <laughs> man, doing his thing, uh, just invigorating uh, a lot of like hope and passion into what I think was a really just kind of sad offense yeah. uh, for the Washington football Heineke commies by this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, the Colts aren't a good team. I mean, they, they started uh, Ellinger by this point. Uh, he wasn't great in Texas. Uh, they bench Matt Ryan. I think it's a terrible decision by that point. I think you ride with the horse that got you there. Ellinger's terrible. He's terrible. I don't care what anyone sighs about by this point. Ellinger is a terrible quarterback. Heineke is bringing you something, man. He's bringing you passion. These people want to fight for this dude. He's throwing the ball a ton, man. I mean, he almost threw the ball 300 yards by this point. He let him in rushing with only 28 yards, even with Brian Robinson there. And a TD. He's making McLaurin
0: and, relevant again.
2: Yeah, and that catch by McLaurin down at the inside the five. That was, I mean, a hell of a throw. But I think I was more impressed with that catch. He had the guy right there, and McLaurin's not a big guy, like, but he can jump and he's got the hands. He just snatched it away from him. I just wanted to say the word snatch.
3: And it was it was a thing of beauty. Oh, we want to talk about snatch real fast. So let's, let's skip the Sunday night game, and I want to go back to the Giant seahawks in just a second. Oh, uh, yeah. Snatching, though, Romeo Dobbs with that catch he had in the end zone. Oh, that was... Was probably the best catch I've seen so far this season. Best play
2: by the Packers in 2022, probably. Man.
3: Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers sitting out here talking about uh, not having receivers be able to catch the ball. Romeo Dobbs worked his ass off to catch that ball. Uh prop. once again, probably one of the best touchdown pass catches I've seen. And scene what scene. did they say he did? He had to look over his shoulder like three different times. Like he went he moved three moved
2: to with the right, he moved to the, the, right, the right, with right, the left, left, with the right, with right, right. the left. Boom. Hands, caught it,
3: touchdown. Fantastic. But uh Packers lost their fourth in a row.
2: They sure third did. in a row. Um, third third uh,
3: third um, oh, that's a shame. that's uh, a shame. Uh Giant Seahawks. Geno Smith is the real deal. The truth is the real deal. Geno the right? truth. I mean, we've, we've all been waiting on like the floor to like fall out from underneath them. They come in with the 6, the, the the six and1 Giants at the time uh, come in to Seattle. I mean the 12th man is always raging. I haven't been to that stadium myself yet, but I heard it's quite impressive. Geno Smith is still 23 to 34, 212 yards, two TDs. The man is going for it. My favorite part about all of that, though, was the Tyler Lockett thing. Did you guys see the Tyler Lockett? He dropped it. Where he it, dropped it and hit his face mask. It, and he was like on the sideline. Pete Carroll came over, like, you know, put him on the shoulder, said, Hey, we got this. Geno Smith came over and said, Hey, we got this. Very next drive, Tyler Lockett, end zone. Bob Wright got back, and pretty that's, much the dagger in the game. Like that's that how you treat your players. That's how you treat your team. Seattle is playing like a real team right now. They remind me of like the, the NFC version right now of of the Patriots, in my opinion. It's a solid team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't have like the most like like you know star-studded offense. They don't have the most star-studded players anymore. But they're winning as a team. They're playing hard, and they're winning games, man. I mean, like it's hard to go against the Seahawks right now. They're one of my favorites to win that division. I think they got it for like for the division at least. I mean, San Francisco is really the only other
2: team in that division, and when, once they get healthy, I mean, they're going to be a force. But to
0: see, Debo and McCaffrey play together full strength would be interesting. it will be fun. It'll yeah, be have.
2: good. Yeah. And I want to just quick touch on the Monday night game. We had the Bengals and Browns. Are the Bengals this mm. terrible without Jamar Chase? Is this is, is this how good Jamar Chase is that? Because I watched most of that game, and I mean, division games. You know, the Browns' defense is. Not terrible, but uh, to only put up thirteen points and some of it was just garbage time when they were already down by twenty some. Uh, like, is Jamar Chase
3: like that much of a factor in th- them succeeding? I mean, he is obviously. Yeah. Uh, but however, I think the biggest thing is the Bengals' offense. They went out, and spent money on the offensive line. By that point, and they have um, not. And the deliver. offensive line is just not giving Joe Burrow any time. Uh, the man's running for his life. He's getting hit. Uh, people like Jamar Chase make it easier when you don't have time, yeah. Because you know you can throw it up to the man and get the ball. Uh, are Higgins and Boyd that those people? Is Hayden Hurst that guy? Maybe a little bit, uh, but like the running game isn't there because the offensive line isn't there. Uh, the deep passes aren't there because the offensive line isn't there. It all comes back down to the offensive line. I still think the Bengals are a solid team, and I mean they're gonna get Jamar back in about four weeks to maybe five weeks uh, tops by that point, but. They have to hold on by this point going
2: yeah. forward. Yeah, because the Ravens like I mean they got some winnable games coming up, and they're going to be like you say four games. I mean if they're going to struggle and let's just say they lose them, I mean the Ravens might have enough uh, enough of a lead in the division where like they run away with it. If because everyone else I mean the Browns,
1: Steelers, uh, they got the Steelers, the Tennessee coming up. I mean it's going to be a tough time against Kansas City, but then they show up to the Browns again. So we'll see. We shall see. All right. Well, that was
2: a quick recap of last week. We have uh, a lot of trades that happened. I mean, Travis, you want do you have any... What trades stuck out the most? We already kind of brushed on McCaffrey from... Because that happened last week, so we kind of already covered that. But, like, what was one of the big trades over the last,
3: like, three or four days? I think Travis has to talk about the Ridley trade. Yeah, how about Calvin Ridley going to the... I, I mean, like... (laughs) <laughs> There's not a lot of time that we can actually talk about Trent Baalke <laughs> being a good GM. Uh, with the Jaguars on a five-game skid right now, um, they they gave the fan base like a little hope for the future with getting Calvin Ridley. We've been looking for a number one wide receiver in Jacksonville for quite some time by this point. Uh, probably since Alan Robinson. Who no. knows when he's gonna get reinstated. Uh I mean DJ Sharp was actually up there for like a season by that point. Number one. Um yeah, number one for a season. He had played like uh, 1,200 yards. Number whatever. one in your heart. Number heart <laughs> <laughs> number like three in Detroit. Number number two now, because TJ in is gone, but we'll tell him that in say, second. Yeah. Um no, I, I think uh it's it's a it's a solid trade by this point. Uh if if Alan Rob if Calvin Ridley never sees the field again. The Falcons will get a six-round pick from it. So that's the base, right? Outside of that, if he gets like reinstated by some point, it's a fifth-round pick. If it like there, there's Chris, I, I think one of you guys have all the stats. It's a fifth-round pick to go. start.
0: They, they get that automatically. And there's escalators for a conditional if Ridley's on the roster next year. It's a fourth. He reaches certain conditions, incentives, if he, if, and he gets a third. And if they sign Ridley to extension, it's a second. There's no guarantee he gets reinstated, but those are like escalators of varying like importance in the offense. I,
3: I think it's a great trade by this point. I agree. I mean, like, like
2: you have, you're putting in little if it doesn't work out, and then if it works out, I mean, like you said, a number one guy at a second round. I mean, assuming you know, he because how many games did he miss last year because of like his mental illness thing his or what mental whatever. issue? Yeah.
0: I think like a month or so something like
2: that yeah it was like
3: four four or five games I think I covered it I was following that closely because he was on my fantasy team and
2: yeah he wasn't helping me out too much I I
3: think at the end of the day I think I mean who knows what the mental thing was maybe it was probably like a precursor from like what the gambling thing was and stuff like that who knows what was going on at the time I'm I'm not going to sit here and speculate but I mean even a second round pick let's say it's a second round pick let's say he comes back he shows up the Jaguars extend him because he's still through next year they extend him he has proven himself as, like, a number one receiver, like, in an offense by that point. And you look at the Jaguars receivers going into next year with a Calvin Ridley. You Calvin Ridley, you've got uh, Christian Kirk, who's had a great season so far. Zay Jones, who's also had a pretty good season. And starving Marvin Jones as well by that point. If you hold on to Evan Ingram, I mean, that's a great offensive, you know, like, pass force going forward, especially when want to get some deep balls going on. Um, I think it's a great trade. Uh, If Calvin Ridley comes back
1: and he's ready to play football and he's able to do it, a second round pick is a steal for Calvin Ridley. I think that's the issue. Like, how is he going to come back and what is going to be his mental state at that point? I mean, I know it's only, you know, half a year off of football or whatever. I don't know if he was doing any type of training outside of, you know, his mental health Oh, he's actually posted that on
3: Instagram. He's doing
1: his training he's doing his thing. Well, I hope he does come back, and I hope he comes back 100%. It'd be nice to see him catching the ball again. I think your main issue is Shervin Lawrence. you got to figure out how to get that guy settling down into pocket. Stop overthrowing the ball every deep route he has and just – try to get a little more pinpoint accuracy on I agree passes. with you
3: I mean at the same time at the end of the day we, we are talking about the slump uh, we're talking like Zach Wilson's having like a bad year as well a, a lot of second year quarterbacks are having bad years Trevor Lawrence is probably having a better year out of those guys I think fantasy wise I think he's still a top 10 top 12 quarterback right now in fantasy like purposes I think you're throwing him up there a little bit but maybe <laughs> it
2: could be uh, I want to move on to my trade The yeah. Yeah. trade that I, I great trade I loved it uh, Vikings acquired TJ Hawkinson from the Lions. Uh, we just lost Irv Smith for probably the rest of the regular season. He could come back for the playoffs. Uh, but we gave up a fourth round pick, 2000, or no, we gave up a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 third rounder. Um, in return, we got Hawkinson, a fourth round pick for the next year's, and then a conditional fourth round for the 2024. Um, I think it is a great trade for the Vikings. We. Uh, don't get a lot of production out of the tight ends since Kirk Cousins has been there. A lot of we haven't really had a bit main guy. I mean, I remember Conklin. Like that was that was a guy we had. Conchlin. Uh, Conchlin uh, Rudolph was almost even when Rudolph was here, he didn't get a lot of looks from uh, Cousins. Cousins goes to Jefferson and Thielen and then when Diggs was here, a lot. Uh, so I like this. I think Hawkinson is. I mean. I'll compare him to Kyle Rudolph, but I think he might be even a little more athletic than Rudolph was, and I like him um, out on the field with the playmakers that uh, the Vikings have out there. He's I, definitely better than Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. I think he, he, he had some good hands. I at, like, yeah. I like him. I like him well, that was well. the thing with Rudolph. He was just a little slower. I think Hawkinson is, he's got more of that Kittle speed. Uh, where he Pull over people. Yeah. yeah run, like run over, that. and he's a good
3: blocker. I mean, we got Delvin there. I mean, more blockers on the field than... You could also go out and catch the ball. Uh, based off of fantasy purposes, real fast, uh, your top five tight ends right now are Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, who lead the pack by all ends and doubts. Uh, Zach Hertz is number three. Uh, the Jackknife, the Swiss Army knife, Taysom Hill is number four. TJ Hawkinson is number five right now. There you go. On the tight end list. You're getting the number five scoring tight end right now. Uh, I think it's a
1: great pick, especially. I like the pick. I think it's great. Uh, give you more, like, a big body down there in the end zone, you know, be able to, like, push people out or, And like, especially make space. with all the attention Jefferson gets out there, 100%. he's the one getting double. There's going to be yeah. single coverage. You're going to
2: have, like, a slower linebacker or a shorter safety trying to cover this guy. I mean, he's going to win those battles all day. Like, just throw it up to him. He can ju- just take it away from
3: them and he'll run you over. Yeah. I love it. Can't wait to see what he does. Oh, just a double back real fast. Trevor Lawrence is actually the number 10 quarterback in Fancyville Barreto. Yeah, we checked that. Far that. Uh, you moving the on, years. though. Uh, Raquan Smith to the to the uh, the Ravens by this point for a second and a fifth. I think it's fantastic. The Ravens' defense has been uh, struggling this year. I think it's one of the biggest problems they've had. Uh, they're getting one of the best linebackers in the NFL right now uh, for next to nothing. I don't know what's saying to the Bears fans by this point. Um, uh, they're definitely, yeah, de- like, they know they're not doing anything this year. I mean... Fields
2: has looked better the last couple of weeks. Uh, they were close in that Dallas game um, until that def- defensive touchdown by uh, the Cowboys. But yeah, that's a great trade. Uh, they Probably the worst defense the Ravens have had as a franchise. I mean, they've only been around since like the mid to late 90s. Um, and they have always had a stellar defense. And this year, especially with all the fourth quarter collapses, you add uh, Smith to that, that can
1: help fix the, uh, those problems. I did like that pickup. I think they gave up a, a little bit, maybe too much. I think they ended up giving up a linebacker a second round and a fifth round. So... It's a bit much, but uh, I think that he's really going to help out the Ravens' defense for sure. Yeah. AJ Klein was that uh, linebacker. I don't. Yeah. I don't think they gave up
3: too much because, like, we'll go to the next one where we get Bradley Chubb from the Broncos over to Miami. Miami is is trying to insert themselves in the conversation with the Bills and the Chiefs by this point, right? I mean, like, those are the top two teams in the AFC. Miami, like, was the sexy pick early on after the Tua injury. They've kind of struggled a little bit from there, but like, the the offense is still there. Getting Bradley Chubb, one of the other better pass rushers right now. And, uh, I mean, I, I think the Broncos get, oh, it's hard. I'm going to say B-plus on this one because uh, they do get a first-round pick, the last first-round pick that Miami had from all the Houston and the the, the, uh, the San Francisco treat. trades yeah, by this point. Um, I think getting Chubb is going to be fantastic. I think Miami's making a statement right out of the rest of the AFC um, where they are saying, we're here, we're going to uh, fight with you on it. Uh, getting Bradley Chubb uh, for a first and a fourth rounder is fantastic.
2: And Chase Edmonds. And
3: Chase
0: Edmonds. And getting yeah. rid of Chase Edmonds.
2: I feel like Chase Edmonds has nothing to do with it. Like, he was in the trade, but it's like, that's just like, take
0: him. Well, too. they did a really good job of like, acquiring Jeff Wilson from the 49ers to kind of fix that Chase Edmonds problem they had. Right. Because he wasn't hitting the holes in the running game at all. Like, a I lot mean, of Dolphins fans were really hating Chase Edmonds. I
2: league. do like how Denver, I mean, a first round pick for a defensive player, I mean, Chubb is really good. I mean, but I feel like Denver won this trade. I think they got a little more um, out of it, to be honest. Um, I I just I personally liked it. What they got in return, a first round pick is. I mean,
3: I'm looking at Raquan Smith, who I think has a little bit better of a resume than uh, Bradley Chubb does by this point. Um, the Ravens give up a second and a fifth. Um, Miami gives up a first and a fourth. I mean, Miami went for what they they wanted, what they needed by that point. Uh, but no, I I think I think the Ravens get the better trade by this point. I mean Dolphins. Yeah. No, no, no the Ravens get the better trade Smith. for Roquan Smith. Oh, point. Smith. yeah, 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 uh, yeah.
1: I think the the Broncos actually make out a little bit better by getting a first. I think you got to look at Miami. Where were they lacking? Not their offense. I think with Tua there, and you got Hill, you got Waddle airing out the ball. Uh, they're looking great. So I think they're hurting on defense. So if you have to give up a first round pick to try to fill that hole, I think you have to. But that's a win this year, happen.
3: right? I mean, like they they're they're fully expected like to, to extend him, is what they're saying right now. Uh, but yeah, to get a first round pick, I mean you better extend him yeah. uh by that point. But I mean you're 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 playing to win this year. Exactly. But I don't think the Dolphins, in my opinion, have shown enough to beat out the Bills or the Chiefs yet this year. Speaking of the but, Bills, well one of my favorite trades real fast, I just want to touch on yeah. it real fast. The Bills trade a sixth-round pick and Zachary Moss, who didn't even see the field last game. No, yeah, um, has he seen the field?
2: Like how often has he seen the field? I mean, He's very, very minimally Cook at this point. Woman. Yeah, I feel like uh, it's no, this point. <laughs> for
3: Naheem Hines, which I'm wondering, what does that do to James Cook's status by this point? Because uh, Naheem Hines, we know what he brings. We know the the receiving back that he can be. Uh, the Bills just got a lot scary on offense, in my opinion. Yeah, they were already.
2: They are
1: already scary as hell. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how they help out there. But yeah, they're going to be. They're going to be something to reckon with. To be honest, I don't see a team that can stop them right now. Uh, no, yeah. absolutely. Maybe the Chiefs. All right, just a quick,
2: just other notable ones. Just throwing out Chase Claypool to the Bears. I don't know if that means anything. Robert Quinn going to the Eagles. That Eagles defense is going to get better. And uh, that's going to be about it. About, oh, yeah. Kadarius uh, Toney to, to the Chiefs? Chiefs. Uh, just to, uh, Maybe yeah. Later. Maybe later on Yeah, this year. we'll
3: see. I think we've done most of the big ones. We'll eh. we'll actually skip to a break by this point. Like the time is coming nine for us to pay our sponsors, or not pay our sponsors, or not be paid by our. Sponsors. Well,
0: we definitely get paid by our sponsors in ways. Well, yeah, yeah in yeah.
3: ways. So after this, we're going to touch on a little bit more in, uh, next week. Uh, but here comes our break. Hey, Fernando, you know a great spot to shoot some pool in Lemon
2: Grove? Why, I do. Have you ever heard of Dirk's Nightclub? Dirk's Nightclub, located at 7662 Broadway in Lemon Grove, California. One of the best places to shoot a pool game. you got some shoddy decor out there. They bring in the loud bands. It is a good time. Every day, open at 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. Dirk's Nightclub, Lemon Grove. Check them out.
0: Let's take a break and hear a message from a sponsor.
2: All right, we are back. Um, starting the second half of the show, we're going to go over some losers from the trade deadline. Um, I would like to just quick start off and go with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. What? You? Uh, no what no re, Like They need receiver help
3: up the yin-yang, and they get nothing. Where is the yin Can you point out the doll where the yin-yang is? I mean, it's right underneath.
2: Oh, behind. don't do that there. Let's do, let's do, let's do the yang. Uh, there was rumors, I think... Uh, Chris, you said this about uh, the Packers were trying to get uh, Claypool, who ended up going to Chicago, uh, but Pittsburgh decided to trade with Chicago because they think Chicago will have a worse record, hence a better draft pick.
1: Yeah, I think they kind of reached out for Claypool, but it was just one of those things where you kind of pass them by, Yeah, you know, just a slight touch there, because I think all it would take is maybe another fourth-round pick or something like that, thrown onto that trade. and but they, they didn't want to, to get it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Claypool for a second? I don't know.
2: That, I think t- Pittsburgh got the steal on that one.
3: I mean, they got the steal on that one. I But, I mean, if you're Green Bay getting uh, a wide receiver of Claypool's talents who can run the ball as well as catch the ball uh, and, and runs pretty good routes by that point, still under a rookie contract as well, uh, a second-round pick is great. Uh, I think the, the Steelers were smart to take the Bears' offer because they will be a higher pick by that point. But if you're, if you're the Pack, that they will be a higher pick by this point. Uh, a dollar bet. Okay, I'll take that dollar bet. There it is. Uh, <laughs> I'm willing to lose a dollar. You really want them. So, to the So at the end of the day, if, if the Packers just throw in like a fourth or a fifth or a sixth-round pick by this point, it, it gives you the kicker. Uh, as well. I I think the Packers just didn't do enough to get Aaron Rodgers' help. I think Aaron Rodgers is done in
1: Green Bay, but an F on the Packers on not being able to get a deal done. I just don't understand what they're thinking. They just extended Rodgers out. He's there for another, what, two years after this season, and they're not even trying to help him out? I just... I don't know what they're thinking. Well,
2: they got no cap space with that contract he signed. He gets all that money; it's all going to him. It can't go to the better players they can bring in. The Packers. Don't I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. is still out
3: there. Just, just throwing that the out.
2: Packers there.
0: The Packers don't do anything on trade deadlines ever. They just, uh, they, just, they just, they do nothing.
3: Uh, next loser is going to be the uh the the, the Los Angeles Rams. By this point, uh, could not pull in CMC. I know they're in the conversation trying to get CMC, by this point, they lose into division rival. Uh, the division rival. Ends up just showcasing the man at all days. They Again, can't. Turned tonight. Doing what I came at this morning. Uh, Cam Akers does not get traded. Uh, Cam Akers has not been in the facility. He has not been anywhere around this point. Uh, they're talking about like maybe we can get him back. Maybe like 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 people are asking me he's going to be in the Sunday. Sean McVeigh saying, "Well, let's not put the cart before the horse for this point." I don't know what's happened with Cam Akers. I don't know like who he slept with in the organization or like you know who he owes money to by this point. But they do not want him in Los Angeles. And to not get rid of him at the trade deadline and not get anyone
0: back, man, are they just holding out for ODB by this point? They almost had a trade. They refused like, a couple of trades out there and just did not want to get rid of him.
3: It's nuts to me. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people that trade, uh, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. Brandon I am Cooks. shocked he is still in Houston. That
2: was, that was, and it's, again, yeah. the Packers. Like, w- that would have been, like, out of all these receivers there. we just said, he was the best one on the market. And, like, uh, were they asking for too much? Are they just like, do they hate Brandon
1: Cooks and they want him to stay just to torture him? Yeah. Like, he what's going on? Does not want to be there for sure. I mean, and who does? Yeah, and I I don't know. I think somebody, especially Green Bay, why not just throw something out there? I didn't even read anything about them even trying to reach out. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what's going on there. But uh, Travis was mentioning this very interesting cryptic tweet that he sent out. Uh, right after he realized that he was not getting traded.
3: It was minutes after. Uh, so I will say the one the one team I heard was interested in Brandon Cooks was actually the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, okay. The holdup was uh, Brandon Cooks is due $18 million next year, and Houston was not willing to essentially share that wealth. Uh, right. It's what the Panthers did well with CMC. Once again, digging the knife in. I'm sorry about that. Um, but... What the Panthers did with CMC was they really were willing to take on some of that big contract that he's due. He's, I think he was like 23 or 24, I think, for CMC by that point. Uh, Brendan Cooks was due $18 million next year. No one was willing to take on all of it. Uh, Brendan Cooks, minutes after the trade deadline ended, tweeted out, Don't take a man's kindness for granted. Covered for the lies for too long. Those days are done. Cross the line with playing with my career. And a bow and arrow at the end. I don't know what the bow and arrow means. Maybe our Gen Z guys could help us with this Shots fired. Shots fired. Is that what it means? I mean? Maybe it's less violent than
2: like having a pistol or a you know, gun out there. Well, you so can't what do the that bow and arrow. I mean, he is in Texas
3: though, so that is true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, I mean, what does Brandon Cooks know about this? point? Bill O'Brien with the PSU thing. Uh, I mean, like, we're talking about.
1: I mean, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, Watson, Watson this Watson stuff. stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see what he says or what he does after this point. Because for me, I think the NFL itself is kind of a brotherhood. So if you start, you know, uh, throwing names out there or name dropping or trying to get someone else in trouble, how is it going to affect his career? I think the man will blow up his career if he goes out there and really tries to destroy this organization. So... Maybe it's just... Maybe it's a threat.
3: You know, so Bob McNair, the owner of the Texans by this point, was the guy that told Cam Newton uh, before the draft uh, that he could not have any tattoos if they ever drafted him. Uh, so I, I don't know what kind of organization they're running down there by this point as well. Um, but Like half the guys in the league have tattoos. Man, so you know. Not according to Bob McNair. All right. uh, but Brandon Cooks, I want yeah. to know what skeletons are in the closet. Speaking of skeletons in the closet... Dan Snyder. Ah, the commies. Uh, the owner of the Washington football, Tyler Haneke, commies by this point, uh, has threatened the NFL ownership uh, in the, the weeks past about saying how he has like all this dirt on all of them. On everybody else, yeah. Um, I think the only thing holding off the feds, because the feds have been investigating the, the football commies for quite a while now, uh, the only yeah. thing holding them back by this point I think has been the NFL uh, and I feel as though the NFL has finally just let Dan Snyder go under the bus. Uh, the feds are now investigating the commies on misappropriation of funds and uh, and, and their entire finances by this point.
1: Um, what do you guys think about this? Now this would be something I would grab my popcorn for, because <laughs> if he gets pushed out, I would love to see how he comes back and what names he throws out there and everything like that, because... You got to think, man, these teams are throwing around billions of dollars to build stadiums and everything like that. Like, what kind of shady stuff are they doing on the side? So it'd be interesting to see if he is pushed out, and if so, the comments he makes out there.
3: So the, the Washington football, Tyler Haneke and are uh, currently out there. They have hired Bank of America uh, Securities to uh, consider potential transactions. Uh, although they remain committed to the team, everyone thinks they're going to sell the team. I think this is Dan Snyder's on his way out. I think the NFL is going to kick him in the ass on the way out on this one. As they should. He's been a terrible owner since he's been there.
2: I think they made the playoffs once or twice in his tenure. And, like, I don't know. Yeah, he's he's garbage and he's a
3: piece of shit. He is a terrible human being.
2: All right, let's get into our Week 9 picks. Week 9 coming up. Uh, very excited for this upcoming week. A lot of buys this week. We got six teams, so uh, fantasy teams might be struggling. I know my bench is full of players on buys, <laughs> uh, but we'll uh, you know we'll uh, stay focused on the picks. Let's start off with our Thursday night game. Um, another I don't know, not interesting one. We have the Eagles at Texans. Um, we obviously all four of us have the Eagles winning across the board. However. Chris and I, we're taking Philly to, or we're taking the Texans to cover that thirteen and a half point spread. I feel like thirteen and a half is a lot in the NFL, no matter how terrible one team is or the other. I think the Texans can, you know, get some garbage points, lose by ten.
1: I agree with you. I think uh, if they're ever down by, you know, fourteen points or something like that, they're going to come out slinging the ball. So I think they'll keep it closer than thirteen and a half.
0: I really think this is going to be a blowout. This is like a Thursday night game. There's no defensive Thursday night games. I feel like the points will be flowing.
2: Flowing
3: and showing.
2: Travis, you want to add anything?
3: Yeah, I think we, we had the same kind of conversation uh, in week five when the Bills played the Steelers. I think they were like 11 or 12 and a half point favorites by that point. And I think uh, one of our two listeners, Josh, actually made fun of us on that Sunday coming in saying, like, you didn't think they can cover that thing. The Bills... Are the Bills, man? I mean, it's it. They they are hands down the best team in the NFL, in my opinion. Right. I, I know that. Well, we're talking about the Eagles. No, 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 no. Hold on. The Bills are the best team in the NFL. Agreed. Going into that, the Eagles are the second best team in the NFL. And you saying they can't cover against arguably the worst team in the NFL right now? I think you're. I think you're crazy. If it was, on was this at one. Philly, maybe, but yeah, it doesn't whole- matter, man. The Texans are terrible. <laughs> I don't care what you say. Give me 13 and a half points. Give me 15 and a half points. Give me 16 points by this point. It's not even going to be close. All right. Coming up next, we're on Sunday afternoon. Uh, we'll start
2: off with those Minnesota Vikings at 6 and 1. They're, Sunday morning. Well, Sunday morning, you know. Depending on what part of the country you're listening. Well, our two listeners probably listen to <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the 6 and 1 Vikings travel to said... Taylor Heineke commies, uh, playing in FedEx field. Vikings are three and a half point favorites. I will be at this game, assuming I wake up early enough for my flight on Saturday. Uh, I got the Vikings winning this game. Uh, they're hot. I, the, the commies are doing enough. Like they're beating some fairly bad teams and during this streak. Um, the Colts aren't that great and they needed a kind of a miracle comeback last week to do it. Uh, so yeah, give me the Vikings and they will cover that three and a half. I
3: don't know, man. Um... Uh... The the commies uh, the Taylor the Washington Football Taylor Heineke commies are currently uh, on a three game win streak right now. They beat the Bears uh, ugly garbage on yeah twelve to seven. They beat the Packers uh, who are also on, garbage uh, on, a, on a comeback run. They beat the Colts as well. Uh, garbage, I I still garbage. I still feel like going seven one is going to be really hard in the NFL these days. Um, I, you and I talked a couple weeks ago. We thought the Vikings were going to drop last week or this week. We, we both agreed on like there's a chance that that was going to happen. I think this is the week that happens. They go to Washington by this point. Give me the Taylor, Heineke, Washington, former maybe Dan Snyder football commies by this point
1: to actually carry this game. That was a mouthful. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Washington as well. I'm going to agree with Travis on this. Uh, no offense against Minnesota. Hey, fair Minnesota. enough. Minnesota. Uh, they're looking good, but um, three straight from Washington—I think they're going to take this game.
0: I really think the Vikings are going to take this. They have Hawkinson. They—they're ha- not playing in a prime time or a high audience game. Those so, are the best. So, so, Cousins will not screw up that game. Primetime Kirk um, Cousins is not Sunday. I feel like Kirk there's Cousins. too much to handle for the for the football commie some whatever you said. Oh
3: well, Fernando's gonna be there sculling his ass off. Yeah, I'm gonna carry the team
0: to and victory, don't baby. I'm gonna... Don't lean on the railings. Don't do that.
2: Alright, what do we got? We got Chargers and Falcons. So Chargers are three point favorites on the road in this one. Um, most of us have the Chargers winning and covering. Andrew, you are the only one. Or sorry, Jimmy the Stat Boy. So who's Andrew? <laughs> Jimmy the Stat Boy. Andrew's his nickname. Uh, you got the Falcons winning at home and keeping first place in the NFC, the mighty NFC South. Ooh.
0: I make this pick for maybe two reasons. One, the Falcons' home stadium is pretty ruthless, and it's really hard to play there. Uh, it's loud. It's obnoxious. They have Samuel Jackson again, just hyping up the crowd. And the Chargers are not really playing to what they really should be playing this year. And I'm, I don't know if Keenan Allen's going to be back and stuff. That's why I have the Falcons winning this game.
3: I mean, the Chargers are coming off a bye, man. Yeah. Um, Keenan yeah. Allen probably won't play again this week. Uh, they still have Mike, Mike Williams going to be out, so you're going to have like Palmer by this point. A, a lot of other things. You still have a man by the name of Austin Eckler who is pretty freaking good. And Justin the Truth Herbert. Uh, shout out to Preston Pretty I know true. you do listen to it But it's fine uh, But shout out there
1: uh, I don't see the, the Chargers Losing this game I don't either I think Herbert's Going to come out Shooting the ball uh, I think that You know The bye is just Going to do nothing But help them out uh, I don't see Atlanta Even coming close In this game All right, up next we got uh, the Dolphins traveling to
2: Chicago, taking on the Bears, five-point favorites. We all got Miami not only to win this game but cover those five points. Yeah, this game will be – I feel like it will be one-sided.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: We got that. Uh, We'll just move on to the next one. Uh, Bengals uh, at home against the Panthers, seven-point favorites. Once again, we all got Cincinnati. We all got them covering the seven. Chris, you don't have any any faith in your boys? Any faith in those Panthers? Nope. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> All right.
2: Uh, the next one on the slate, uh, the Packers coming off their third or fourth straight loss. I forget. They have lose a lot. Uh, to the, going to Detroit to take on the division rival Lions, the TJ Hawkinson-less Lions. Uh, Packers are three-and-a-half point favorites. I'm going to be the wild card in this one, and I have Detroit Beating the Packers at home, it'll be close, it'll be ugly. Detroit will do it. Detroit plays their best games at home against the division rivals. They just they they still usually lose them. But I I I, Detroit's gonna go in there and
1: they're gonna they're gonna beat them. Detroit is hot garbage. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. If there's one team in the NFL I wouldn't transfer to from the Panthers, it'd be Detroit. (laughs) So, I got Green Bay taking this game and covering your spread easy.
3: Yeah, I I mean, Detroit started off the season, the first four games of the season, they were the number one offense scoring offense. Um, it has been anything but since that time. Amon uh, Rod St. Brown has been nowhere near what he was at the beginning of the season. Uh, they do have Swift back. Um, Jamal Williams has uh, been carving himself like a nice, decent chunk in there. I don't know what you think you're watching in football by this point, but there is no no way the Lions are even close in this game. We shall see. Pre- yes.
2: We shall see. All right. all right, what do we got next? We got the Colts at the Patriots. Patriots, uh, five-and-a-half point favorites in this one. We all got the Patriots winning this game, um, but a couple of us. I got the, the Colts covering that spread at uh, plus five-and-a-half. I feel like it's two struggling offenses, two decent defenses. I think it'll be boring, low scoring, and uh, it'll be close. I'm going to say under 5.5. It's not like those
0: classic Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Colts-Patriots games. Yeah, I I agree. I I think the Patriots will win. I think the Colts will cover. I I think this will be a hard, fought-out, maybe 9-7 game. Who knows?
3: Are the Colts better than Jets? Um, I'm not sure.
0: I I have no idea. Great question. Question just asking
2: a
3: question I'm just I'm like Fox News man just asking questions that's I'm gonna say, hey, <laughs> I'm gonna say the Jets are better than the Colts well so the Jets uh lost by five points last week yeah, that's uh, only five and a half. I mean outside of the Bears game the Colts uh, the Patriots have been scoring 38 29 27 30, I mean 26 the, the Colt the, the Patriots offense is, is scoring points whether they have a good offense or not they have a solid run offense by this point with a quarterback that's not going to make mistakes. Bill Belichick has gotten that defense dialed in. You cannot tell me if Sam Elliger, like led Colts offense is going to be able to keep close this game, especially in Gillette Stadium. I say they
1: do. You're an idiot. As long as they don't turn the ball over, that's keep it close. I think I'm going to have to disagree on this one. I think New England takes it. They cover the spread easy. I'm not exactly sure what the Colts offense is doing right now. To be honest, I don't know why you signed Manny Ice just to sit him. It's not like you're going to sign him again after the end of the season. Uh, so what is going on there? I mean, I mean, you know, maybe plug him in, let the other guy get some snaps or something like that, but just don't take him out of the game altogether. I don't understand that at all. With Matty
2: gone next year, you know, maybe Aaron Ro- Karen Rogers will play there next also, year. they got to get a new maybe, veteran quarterback. There's a,
1: possibility, a strong possibility yeah. that JTT doesn't even play this game again. Uh, yeah, I oh. know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but I think the New England is going to take him out, the Colts offense is they don't have it figured out. Uh, next up, Buffalo is playing your the New Jets, York yes yes
2: yes in New York, in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, we all have Buffalo winning this game, obviously. Uh, but Travis, you are the only one taking Buffalo at the twelve and a half point spread. We all have a a closer game than twelve and a half, but
3: uh, you just think the Bills are Well, he did just Talk up the
1: Jets.
3: It's, yeah. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't talk about the Jets. I asked Fernando if the Colts were better than the Jets. He said, no, they weren't. And so the Jets were better than the Colts. How? Therefore, that's more. Mine comes down to this <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> you have 12 and a half point favorites right now against a Jets team that cannot throw the ball, cannot move the ball right now. I mean, Zach Wilson looks terrible. MILF Hunter. Right now. No. Um, you're, you're, awesome. you're telling me right now what, what Karen Rodgers Karen kept it within 10 points. Uh, last week right so he keeps it within 10 points you're saying the jets are gonna do just as well as Karen Rodgers? It's a division game they know each other well It does like not matter the Bills are coming out there man the Bills the Bills are like it's like the final season of the Game of Thrones, right? Like you know like the, the White Walkers are coming by this point. The Bills are there, dude. Like I don't see it but once again I know that the Eagles are are undefeated this season. The Bills are the best team in the NFL Twelve and a half points is a joke by that point. Like, I'd be surprised if the Jets
1: score more than ten points this game. Wilson did almost had four hundred yards last week, so I mean, playing from behind, he's going to come out slinging the ball. As long as he doesn't have another three interceptions, I think it'll keep it closer than. 12 so you rounds. agree he's going to be playing from behind though. One hundred. Well, the bills, yeah. but they're going to keep it under twelve and a half. It could be a backside. It cover. could be,
0: like, be a backside cover. Just you know, I, got, I, got,
3: be... I got a dollar bet on this game against all y'all. This I'll, a, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take, take
2: it. it. We'll take it. All good? right. Uh, final games. Uh, the ten a.m. games is the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders.
0: Raiders traveling
2: to a place called Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. One and a half point favorites for the Raiders. This game is disgusting. Uh, both teams with two wins. Raiders had a bye so far, so they only have five losses to Jacksonville's six. Um, i I've picked Jacksonville to win way too many times this year. And I feel some of it is because I'm sitting next to uh, this guy named Travis every time we record these podcasts. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but we all have Jacksonville winning this across the board. Um, Raiders couldn't even score a point in New Orleans. Uh, this is... Probably the worst game on the list this week. But, yeah, I guess I'm going with Jacksonville again. I'm not thrilled about it, but that's that's what I'm going to do. No, the worst game on the list this week is the Eagles-Texans. Let's get that straight real quick. All close. right, all right. That'd that'd be be at, least one, at least fun. one team is good in that one. Like, both teams are pretty terrible in this one. That's why it's the worst oh, yeah, game. Bad. Like As far as lopsided goes, yeah, Philly-Texans. But as far as
1: overall talent, watching the game, this is going to be a-
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a season of disappointment so far. Um, but the, the Raiders, are, Raiders are pretty bad right now. Um, maybe they figure out their way against Jacksonville. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think the Jags, I mean, losing so many one-score games and coming home now after the London trip, uh, knowing you should have won at least the past two or three games by this point, uh going into a buy soon. I think the Jags take this game. I don't know why I'm picking them, but <laughs>
0: I got a question for you, Trav. Yeah. We, we we know this game will have sound when we watch in the Walters Garage, maybe. But if we had this game and like intercollegiate spike ball on another TV, which one would you really want to have sound?
3: Oh, probably the spike ball. <laughs> oh, <okay. All>
0: right. <laughs> it's fantastic. I don't know if you guys have watched <laughs> the spike ball yet, okay. but it's fantastic. I'm
2: right. going to throw yeah. out there the Bengals and the Panthers might have
0: a, a better sound, b- more, no, more, more more likely more, to more have sound. I'm just throwing that out okay. there. All right.
2: All right, afternoon games. We got uh, two, only two. Uh, one of them looked like it'd be one of the best games of the year. The other one, we would, nobody would have cared. But Seattle and Arizona. Arizona comes in two point favorites at home. Seattle first place in the NFC West. Geno The Truth Smith
0: <laughs> so good. putting
2: up some stats, winning games, leading this team. Now, what was yeah. his
0: nickname last year? Uh, uh, Resting...
2: Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, I, give me Seattle, man. Seattle's going to keep it going. They got... Th- uh, their running game is good. Their receivers are good. Their defense—they—they're saying that they might have had one of the best drafts because they're using so much of their rookies this year on both sides of the ball, and they are producing. And they're producing wins. I think this continues. I've been low on Arizona from the begin from the since the offseason.
3: Give me the Seahawks. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, Call of Duty came out last week, right? <laughs> Cardinals had a way to lose. Yeah, uh, I can tell you, Chris and I put in a bunch of hours right now, uh, and and we actually have th- like stuff to do right now. Car- Cardinals, <laughs> Kyler Murray. Ah, uh, God, man. I mean, they haven't released the battle pass yet. Once they do, God help the Cardinals by that point. But uh, I don't. I just don't see. I don't see the Seahawks losing it, man. I, I believe in the Seahawks right now. They're playing like a team. Uh, I mean, we talked about like Tyler Lockett dropping the ball, hit off his face mask. Saw Pete Carroll, saw Geno Smith come over there. They went right back to him. He scored the dagger and the hard touchdown uh, at the end of that game. Um, give me the Seahawks, man. I, I just I'm – a, I'm a believer. I, I, I'm a believer in the Seahawks. I want to watch
1: them just run it, man. I'm going to go with Seahawks as well. I think it's going to be a tough game, though. Kyler Murray, Kyle, Kyler Murray still had a decent game last week. I think he threw for like three TDs over 300 yards. Uh, I think he's a little loose with the ball right now. I think he's sitting around like five or six interceptions on the year. He had two last week. Yeah, so he's a little loose with the ball right now, uh, but I think there's no stopping Geno Smith right now. So I think uh, Seattle will beat Arizona and cover it at three points.
0: I was a contrarian for this one. I picked the Cardinals. I feel like this game is going to be a slugfest. Um, I just have a feeling. that I feel like Kyler will throw it it all Across the field, Gino will do the same. It'll be like a 42-38 game, maybe something like that. Damn, those some big points. Yeah, some big points in this game, I feel.
2: All right, the other one we were talking about, the other uh, only two afternoon games, we have the Rams of Los Angeles traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Three-point favorites. Both teams are looking terrible this year. Just terrible. And you got the Super Bowl winners. You got, I mean... Tampa Bay almost beat them in the playoffs last year. I don't think either team makes the playoffs this year. Uh, But we all got Tampa Bay winning across the board with a three-point spread. Um, Yeah, it's just,
3: this game looked sexy in the beginning of the year. It is... Ugly right now.
0: Don't think we'll have the sound on for this. Um, Who
3: had Tom Brady having less rings this point of the
1: year than we started the season with? <laughs> well, he's going to be minus one ring. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Sure. All right. So
3: at the end of the day, uh, Tom Brady. I I just don't see him at home losing to the Rams. The Rams are in a in a spiral right now. Downfall. Uh, they cannot get together. The Bucks can put this ship back. Uh, I, I firmly believe that. Especially in that division. The, de- the defense is solid. Uh, they still have the offensive weapons. They just have to you know, get their focus back. Watch the Bucks. Actually, this is going to be the turning point of the Bucks' season, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Watch them turn around, win that division, and, and come out strong.
1: Well, I don't think it's going to be that tough to win the division. Uh, so <laughs> they just need to figure a little something out. I think Tom Brady looked good last week. I think the two weeks prior... He was kind of circling the drain there a little bit. He had a lot of stuff going on off the field. Uh, I think he's finally getting his mind back on the game. And, you know, Tom Brady doesn't want to go out on the losing season. I mean, look at what the guy accomplished. He's retiring next year. I think he's Allegedly. Gonna, I think fine. he's going to turn around this week for sure. And I think Tampa Bay is going to put a smack on the Rams. Yeah. All
2: right. Sunday night football. The uh, – Titans. Tennessee Titans are traveling to Kansas City, taking off that Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs team, 12 and a half point favorites. Uh, we all have Kansas City winning this game. However, at 12 and a half points, I like the Titans to cover that. I feel like uh, King Henry can uh, keep that offense, keep that Chiefs offense off the field, uh, control some time of possession. They can keep it a little closer. Uh, again, twelve and a half double digits is a lot of a big point spread in the NFL. Um, I like the Chiefs winning, but uh, the Titans will keep it close.
3: Both teams are five and two right now. Right? Yes, and the Chiefs are twelve and a half point favorites. Yeah, that's... Uh, I will never pretend to know more than the uh, the bookies know. By this point, uh, they 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 nail it almost every single time. They're they close it. It, it's on fantastic. it. Fantastic. I'll say side note: um, Is Malik Willis starting or is it Tannehill? I think Malik Willis might okay. be starting again this week. Uh, I don't care how good King Henry is. That Titans defense can't stop the Chiefs. Yeah, no, well, nobody can. Not going to happen. Um, I mean, the Bills did. Okay. Well, yeah, you know, I'm just yeah. saying. But 12 and a half points. Once again, I'm going back to my Bills comment on this one. You're talking about the two, two of the best teams in the NFL at this point. 12 and
1: a half points. Give me more than that. Uh, it's not even going to be a close game. I got to disagree with you on that. I think Kansas City will win, but I think Tennessee will cover. Uh, like what Fernando said, I think Henry's going to get the ball a lot. He's going to be able to move. And that's a big man. It's going to be tough to stop. So maybe he won't get 200 yards this week. Maybe he won't get two TDs. Uh, but he'll definitely get in the end zone. And he'll definitely help them control the game a little bit. Keep Mahomes off the field. I think
0: Mahomes, uh, out off, off a bye week, is like ready for this game. I think it's, it's going to be pretty... Pretty easy for them to cover That's that. I'm saying, and like, and
3: what what game are you guys watching on this one? Yeah. I mean, the Titans are terrible. Yeah. They're a terrible,
1: terrible team. They're five team. and two. They're it doesn't matter who who they and half twelve, 12 and a half points. 12 so and a half. Give me
3: give me fourteen points, man. I mean, like by this oh, point, like no, the Chiefs. No, no. Dollar, dollar bet. Dollar bet. <laughs> Let's uh, go for it. Go. There's another dollar. Hey, bet. You guys keeping track of all this? The Chiefs are going to take this game, and it's not even close, man. I think it's going to be one of the things where Al Michaels is going to be laughing at halftime, be like, Why are we watching this game one.
2: All right, we got Monday night. Football final game of week nine. The Baltimore Ravens are in New Orleans taking on the Saints. This was a tough one. This one was like one of those coin flip games. Saints coming off a great defensive game, shutting out the Raiders. Raiders. Uh, Baltimore two-and-a-half point favorites. I went back and forth on this. Eventually, I'm just like, I'm going to take the better quarterback, so I'm going with Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. I think they win. They can cover that two-and-a-half. Um, it'll be a, I think it'll be a well-fought game. It's going to be entertaining to watch. I just think uh, Baltimore will have a little bit more
1: than the Saints will be able to cover. I like the Saints. Uh, their defense is looking pretty good. Uh, I think they're going to be able to contain Jackson. And whenever you hold that guy into the pocket, his passes aren't always on point. Uh, I think they're going to be able to contain him. And hopefully their offense will be able to keep up. Uh, but I think New Orleans is going to make it happen this week.
0: Yeah, I agree. The Saints are going to probably. I think the Saints have a lot going for them. They have. Um, they just beat the Raiders like really handily and stuff. I feel like the Ravens coming into New Orleans is really, really tough to play at home. I feel like the Saints have this. The
3: Saints have only the second shutout this season. Oh, uh, wow, here we go. Jags have the first shutout uh, the season. Somehow, um, it's 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 a really hard pick, man. I'm kind of with Fernando. This one, it, it was a coin flip for me. Um, I just think the Ravens are going to start filing on like all cylinders by this point. It's going to be really hard. I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, but I think a field goal, I mean, you have the best kicker in the NFL by this point. Uh, give me the Ravens in a dome with Justin Tucker uh, sealing it with a final kick. Tuck
2: it in away, if you will. Ooh. Tuck in <laughs> it away. Ball kick itself. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for our picks and uh, for this week's edition of Double Doinks and Sackles.
3: Can you teach you to football?
2: I'll teach you how to football. Uh, we'll be back next week. Well, everyone will be. I will still be in flying back from uh, D.C. But uh, you guys, I'll send my picks in because so I know you guys are all dying to know what they are. Uh, but signing off, my name is Fernando. I'm Travis. And I'm Chris.
0: And I'm Jimmy G, the stat boy. Jimmy
2: G,
3: the stat boy. Thanks for listening, all 11 to 12 of you. We love you, and we'll talk to you next time. Peace.